discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Thank you that as we hear your word, faith comes to us and we are changed from one level of glory to the other. Thank you, Lord, for impartations from the Spirit, for changing levels for all of us to your glory. Even in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be in the house of God. Hallelujah. Well, I'm, I'm still sharing on the vocabulary of salvation. Hey! Is it not a message? It's like a frigidaire. But it's working. I've had calls from so many places and from some of you here that is really blessing you, it's helping you. Hallelujah. It's good you, you understand what has happened to you. If you don't understand what has happened to you through salvation, you will not appreciate the other things. Salvation is the biggest thing you can think about. But if you're unable to appreciate salvation, you will have difficulty in appreciating other things. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, we are, this is an attempt to help you understand what has happened to us. You know, when you read in Isaiah chapter 12, I want to read all of Isaiah chapter 12 to you from verse 1. Isaiah chapter 12 from verse 1. It says, And in that day, you will say, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Though you were angry with me. Some time ago, God was angry with that. This is a psalm or a prophecy concerning salvation. It says, though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away. What is the word for God's anger being turned away from us? What is the you know, we've shared a lot of words on salvation, or vocabulary on salvation. What word do you think? This word, reconciliation. Isn't it? God has quenched his own anger. He has, he has been placated. Yeah, and he has brought us close to himself. We are now the friends of God. And thou comforted me. Now you comfort me. You were angry with me, but now you are, you are my comforter. What a blessing. How did they come? Through salvation. Because of salvation, God is not in the position of anger with you anymore. He says, you were angry with me. I will praise you. In that day, thou shalt say, oh Lord, I will praise you. Why will I praise you? Your praise will not be full. And you will not know how to praise God if you don't appreciate what has happened to you in salvation. That is why sometimes some people don't have a reason to worship God. It's like when they check all the things that is happening around them, it's like, oh, there's too much pressure. I am not happy. Sometimes something can happen, you realize actually you are not happy at all. You ask God, God, why? What's all this? Why are all these problems? But 
a thought on salvation. Keeping your mind fixed on what God has, has done for you. Since thou keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. How do you stay your mind on him? Stay your mind on him concerning what he has done for you. Go to Romans chapter 8 verse 32. Look at Romans 8 32. He that spared not his own son. God did not spare his own son. He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all. How shall he? Not with him also freely give us all things how ask your neighbor how? how what is more difficult to do giving his son up or giving you a house which one is more difficult to do his son which one is more difficult to do giving you a job or giving you a son giving you a child or his son which one is more difficult giving you a beloved or a wife or a husband which one is more and and his son which one is, he says if he did not spare his own son if he did not spare his own son, why do you think that he will not freely give us all things? All things. Not some things. All things. And this is where your faith should come from. If he gave Jesus Christ, there's nothing else he can, he can withhold from me. It's just time. Tell anybody, it's just time. Just time. Yeah. It's just time. When the time comes for you to see certain natural material blessings around you, you'll be surprised. You will ask God, why? Why are you blessing me like that? Yeah. Have you, how many of you have heard the song? Now waiting I do will make you bless me so. Eh? Have you heard that song before? Hey! You died on the cross. Say, hey! You too, they bless me. Oh, my soul, you love me. Oh, oh. You see that guy, the guy who sang that song, Frank Edwards? Do you know struggling? Have you seen struggle before in your life? Yeah. You should see his old pictures. You should see him struggle. Nobody sees it when you are struggling. Nobody sees it when you are struggling. When success comes, when success starts smiling on you, then everybody sees it. And everybody always thinks that that is it. But that is not it. It comes from somewhere. Yeah. When he started seeing the blessings of the Lord, he started singing, you too, they bless me. Hey, I see you singing that song in Jesus' name. It is more powerful when you are singing it when you are under pressure. Like when things are not working. That, that is what faith is all about. Things are not working, but then you are giving God a dance. Yeah. You are just giving God a dance. I just, I just felt like Archbishop Nick right now. Yeah. What a blessing. I see your stomach shaking one day. No, instead of this time stomach will become big and it will shake. Yeah. Hallelujah. When you see how flat it's like your stomach is too flat. Hey. I see you getting a pot belly. <laughs> My wife says this. It's a blessing. Pot belly is a sign of the blessings of the Lord, isn't it? It's a blessing. In Africa, it is. At least in Africa, I know it is. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So he has the bigger part. He has done the greatest work, which is salvation. So there's no need to be so worried. Remember what he did on the cross, and let that bring you into comfort. Do you understand? Yeah. If he gave his son. 
He'll give me all things. He will not withhold anything from me. So let me enjoy my life. Now that it looks like nothing is working, let me enjoy my life. Go back to Isaiah chapter 12. Today I'm talking about justification. Uh-huh. But I'm just introducing it to you, okay? Behold, God, myself. Like, see, this is God, my salvation. Do you like preaching about salvation? Do you like hearing things about salvation? Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Because it's my salvation, I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. We just sang that song no longer. He has become my salvation. The Lord is my strength and my song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, salvation is what brings joy into your life. Look at the next verse. Go down. You see more. There's plenty more. Therefore, with joy. Therefore, with joy. Shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation? With joy. Say with joy. Do you know joy? Joy has nothing to do with happiness. Happiness is dependent on happenings. When you get what you are looking for, and you become excited. It is called happiness. Uh-huh. That one is determined by when things are happening the way you want it to happen. But when you are still laughing, even though things are not working, it is called joy. That is what the Bible says. Count it all joy. When you go through diverse tests, it's like the devil is punching you on every side. He says, count it all, count it one by one. The devil did this, he did that. This happened, this happened, this happened. But he says, I count it all joy. Yeah. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water. God is very smart in choosing his words. He says, therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. Salvation is a well. Okay? Salvation is is a big area with plenty wells out of the wells of salvation righteousness is a well of salvation reconciliation is a well of salvation yeah all the things we're talking about hmm? propitiation is a well of salvation yeah when you think about it it brings you joy and he says that therefore with joy shall you draw water he specifically says water what water is that john chapter 7 verse 37 to 39 look at john 7 37 to 39 the bible is showing us the means by which you can be filled with the spirit continually in your life in the last day that great day of the feast jesus stood and cried saying if any man thirsts let him come unto me and drink next verse ask your neighbor are you thirsty you see thirst has to do with uh various seasons in your life or various times in your life so in a day you could be tested twice or thrice or you may not be tested is it true yeah. uh-huh. and water is something they say water is life water is something you take you, you need it if you don't eat for, for three days you will not die do you know you will not die if you don't eat for three people fast for three days they don't die but if you don't drink water if you are not eating you are not drinking you may not cross three days am i lying Doctors, am I lying? You may not trust three days. You may die. Because you need water is a need in your life. And Jesus is talking about water right now. He says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. 
out of his belly, out of his spirit, shall flow rivers of living waters. Why is he saying out of his belly? Because salvation is for your spirit. The word belly represents your spirit. Out of his spirit shall flow rivers of living water. Next verse. Verse 39. But this spake of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So the Holy Spirit is the water that proceeds out of your spirit. And the way for the Holy Spirit to proceed out of you, the way for, for you to have manifestation of the Spirit, is by continual drawing of water from the wells of salvation. I don't know if you, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that the more you, you think on propitiation, justification, righteousness, what God has made you, the easier it is for the Holy Spirit to start working in your life. When you, when you are thinking this way that out of all the sinners, I'm the worst. My life is not correct at all. What, what is good? The more you think like that, the less the Holy Spirit can do anything in your life. Oh yes. Because you are clogging him, you are choking him, he can't flow in your life. Do you understand? Yeah. But when you start thinking of the fact that I'm chosen of God, I'm the elect of God, I'm a child of God, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The glory of God is resting upon my life. All of a sudden, it starts changing everything about you. The Spirit of God starts flowing. Starts moving. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, thoughts on salvation is one of the biggest means of having the Holy Spirit work in your life continually. Thinking from that place of salvation, from what Jesus has done on the cross for you, is the easiest way to have that draw from the wells of salvation. Please, you understand? So these things that we are teaching are not just for writing sake, for notes sake. No. They are not for you to just write notes. They are for you to meditate upon. Think on. You can be sitting down just thinking about the glory of God that has come because of salvation. And as you are thinking about that, you start experiencing the glory of God. As a man thinketh and is not so is he. Isn't it? Yeah. That, that's it. One man of God said something. He said he had, he had some things about what God has done in Christ Jesus for him. And he saw Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Look at Colossians 1, 27. To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He said the preacher preached this. And it came to him that ah, Christ is actually in me. Christ is not, if Jesus is in me, then what can't I do? So he started thinking about that. And this is as a result of salvation. This is as a result of salvation. This is as a result of what Jesus did on the cross for us. So he started thinking about it. Thought about it over and over and over again. Whenever he's praying, he has that in his mind. Christ is in me. Christ is in me. How can I fail? If Christ is in you, how can you fail? But you can be a child of God and not know that Christ is in you. And failure will be your portion. So he was thinking about it. He was just, Christ is in me. Praying in tongues. Christ is in me. He says he was in the forest somewhere. As he was praying like that, he, before he realized he was off the ground. He was levitating. He was off the ground. He had an experience with the Holy Spirit. This same man of God, one day he was praying. You know, uh, uh, they were going to, he was going to preach in the meeting. It was two of his people, two of his pastors. Then he said, we should give him five minutes. He wants to pray 
for, for five minutes and then they'll go. So he went to kneel down by the bed where he, he was going to pray. When he knelt down, after 35 minutes, he was not coming out. 50 minutes, he was not coming out. So they were thinking that something has happened to him. When they opened the door, pam, like that, he was kneeling down and was in the sky. Hey! Is it not, is it, is it, it's not a small thing. He was in the sky. Like this. They were so happy, they shut the door and ran away. Now, how did this guy start getting these experiences with God? You know, these are things that you don't have to come and talk about. Like, do you know I levitated one day? You know, someone has to sit and tell you. This one God said that one day he was, uh, he, you know, he, he had started a fellowship, campus fellowship. He was the one who was preaching every time. And uh, one of his assistants, he decided that one day one of his assistants should preach. So, uh, the assistant came to his room to come and prepare for the mess, for the, to preach the message. There were two beds. No, there was one bed. The bed in the corner, and then he was also sitting by a table, writing some things. But he noticed that the guy was lying down. Like, he's the one going to preach. But he that is not going to preach is preparing more than him. Do you understand? He was ah, why is this guy sleeping? Ah, well, maybe that's his own way of preparing. So he continued, he continued writing. As he was sitting down, he heard something shaking. He heard in the room. Then it stop. Then it stop. Then it stop. He didn't mind. So he just continued reading and praying. Then he heard it again. This time louder than the first one. Then he decided to go and check. When he went to the other side of the room, he saw the bed the guy was sitting on. Rise and shake and fall. Rise and shake and fall. Rise. And... Hey, power. Say power. power. Hey, you know me, Joko. The bed was rising and shaking and falling. Rising and shaking and falling. He said, Hey. He just kept quiet. Went to sleep. So after the guy had finished preparing, <laughs> he said, He said that that meeting that he attended, eh, the guy doesn't talk. Like, there was a man who was crippled in a wheelchair. He told him, Receive the Holy Ghost. The man stood up and started walking. He just couldn't receive the Holy Ghost. Hey, it's not it's nothing. He was amazed. So he decided to ask him, what, what were you doing on that bed? What were you doing on that bed? Then the guy said, oh, I was just thinking about how big God is in me. How great the Holy Spirit is in me. How great Christ is in me. All that he has done and how he has brought me to partnership with him. The guy didn't even know that the bed was shaking. He was lost in the spirit. So it is the outflow. You understand? And that also prompted him to also start doing that. Like, Charlie, let me, let me hear, let me consider Christ in me. It takes a while, but after a while, you realize that you see it working around you. It is the means. Go back to that place in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 12, 12, 3. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Hallelujah. So we are teaching these things to meditate on. The more you think on them. See, I was going to say, when I go, go into any country, I'll say, Jesus has come. Therefore, every demon must disappear. And he always had 100% results. One day he went to a certain African country. I'll mention the name. And as he was preaching, all the voodoo people in the, in, the, in the city had come. They had attended a meeting to destroy his meeting. So as he was preaching, they were throwing things on his... They were throwing powers on the stage as he was preaching. But he was walking over them and still preaching. Walking over them and still preaching. After he finished preaching, he, called, he, he gave an altar call. All of them gave, gave their lives to Christ. All of them gave their lives to Christ. 
Yeah. Because of what he knows. Do you see? So if you know it and you allow it to settle with you, it starts producing results. That's how it works. Say Christ in me. The hope of glory. So today we are sharing on justification. Justification. What is justification? Justification. Justification spells J-U-S-T-I-F-I-C-A-T-I-O-N. Justification. Say justification. justification. Who understands justification? Who can say anything about it? We are learning, so you should be able to say something. And I've used it so many times. I'm not sure this is the first time you are hearing justification. I've said it so many times. Who's, who's going to say something? <laughs> justification. To declare what? Not guilty. To declare not guilty. So justification from the word is from the Greek word dikaiosis. D-I-K-A-I-O-S-I-S. D-I-K-A-I-O-S-I-S. Dikaiosis. And it means the act of God declaring men free from guilt. And acceptable to him. Okay? The act of God is the act. The action of God declaring men free from guilt and acceptable to God is called justification. It also means acquittal. Acquittal. When we say someone is acquitted, when you are acquitted, the next thing is that you are discharged. It means you are declared not guilty. You have brought your case was brought to the court with the accusation that you are guilty. You were tried, and after the trial, you were found not guilty. I see it. Then you are acquitted and discharged. Hallelujah. So declare not guilty as if the person had done nothing wrong. That is what justification means. Justification means as if you've done nothing wrong. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So dikaiosis, right? And it means what? The act of God declaring man free from guilt and acceptable to him. You are not just free. You are also acceptable to him. He likes you. He accepts you. He doesn't hold anything against you. Is it not a nice thing to know? That God does not hold anything against you. Hey! What do you think that kind of knowledge should do for you? God is not holding anything against you. Tell me about God is not holding anything against you. In God's eyes, you are not guilty. You are not guilty. How did that come? Romans chapter 4, verse 25. Romans 4, 25. Who was delivered on account of our offenses and was raised from the dead on account of our justification. It says, who was delivered? He's talking about Jesus. This is Jesus. Let's read from verse 24 so that you understand even some more, okay? But for us all to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. That isn't it? So he's talking about Jesus. He says, who raised Jesus up from the dead? Hmm? Then it says, Jesus, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. He was delivered for our offense. Let's read the Amplified. There's nine signs in the Amplified. It declares it more for us. Can you read this to me? One to go. Our acquittal, making our account balance and absorbing us from all guilt before God. Isn't it not beautiful? It says Jesus was betrayed. 
and puts to death because of our misdeeds. Have you done anything wrong in your life before? Ask your neighbor, have you done something wrong in your life before? What did your neighbor say? Plenty. Jesus was betrayed and put to death because of your misdeeds. Charlie, you owe Jesus a lot. What do you think? You owe Jesus. You owe Jesus your life. Yes. You shouldn't preserve your life. You shouldn't be in the preserving of life mode. That is all on the day of judgment. When you stand before him, he will look into your eyes and ask you, what did you do for me? See what I did for you. What did you do for me? And he will be looking into your eyes. The Bible says that his eyes are full of fire. Yeah. So the fire will be judged with to check our, our works. We are not judged to be taken to hell or lake, the lake of fire. We are judged for rewards. So he will judge you for your rewards. What did you do for me? Did you do anything for me? He was looking at you. Me, I was crucified and I was put to death for your misdeeds. What did you, were you crucified for anything concerning me? What, what happened? You'll be asking. Ask your neighbor, what, what, what are you going to say on that day? Hey! Is it not serious? Yeah. That's why Paul says that. Let's read uh, F, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 13 and 14. 2 Corinthians 5, 13. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. If one died for all, then we're all dead. He died. So that all will be dead. Next verse. And that he died for all, so that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. If you believe that he died for you, and that's why you're born again now. He says, if you believe that he died for you, now that you are alive and living, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. Jesus died so that you will not live unto yourself. But unto him which died for them and rose again. So this is the expectation of Jesus from you. That you will live your life for him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Ask your neighbor, how are you living your life for the Lord? You need to live for him. Because on that day, that's all that will matter. What did you do for me? Ask your neighbor, what did you do for the Lord? Or rather, what are you doing for the Lord? Are you only concerned about yourself? Ask your neighbor, are you only concerned about yourself? What you eat, what you drink, what you wear. Who you will marry. How many children you will have. What are you thinking about? You're only thinking about school, work. Buggering. You want to bugger. So that you'll be the bugger one in the area. Your walking style will change in the area. As you come here, walking like this. Hey! What a shock. Jesus is just watching. He's like, hey, Akwawe, this guy, he's just living for himself. He'll call Michael and say, look at this guy. <laughs> On that day, you'll see. I'll mafia him. So he was delivered on, a, on the account of offenses and was raised. Go to that place. Uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 25. 
who was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds and was raised the reason why he was raised was to secure our justification our acquittal making our accounts balance and absorbing us from all guilt before god some other version says he was raised on account of our justification in another words, jesus was not raised from the dead until we were declared not guilty he ensured that we were declared not guilty before he came out from the dead yeah so in the books of god you are not guilty the confidence so justification and righteousness are one and the same thing practically okay so justification is the act of declaring you not guilty or declaring you righteous declaring you right before god i getting it is the act and righteousness is the action itself is the real thing right, right. that's why christ made unto us righteousness okay huh. justification so let's let's examine some more in the bible i said that the word justification is from the greek word dikaiosis isn't it there's another word justified which is the same thing justified but now the greek word is dikaio so the sis is not there it's d-i-k-a-i-o okay justified d-i-o do you see uh-huh. one is an action justification is the act but to be justified means to show exhibit evince one to be righteous so this is a show the act of showing to show to exhibit or to evince do you understand evince it it means the same thing to show okay to evince one to be righteous to show to exhibit evince one to be righteous such as he is such as the person is can you imagine I, there was there was a, a story concerning this man who uh, was a doctor phd holder in a bank he went to a bank to cash his money and the teller so he signed his check and everything gave it to the teller the teller was working on it when she was done and was going to give the money to the man she called the man and said dr Oforiata. but the man did not stand up then she mentioned again, Dr. Fiata. He didn't stand up. Then she mentioned again, Dr. Fiata. I mean, the woman knows the man. He's mentioned, she's mentioned the man's name, but the man is not getting up. Then she checked the man's records properly and realized that he, he had three PhDs. So she said, Doctor, Doctor, Doctor. Oforiata. Then he said, uh-huh. Do you know how hard it was for it was for me to get even one? You call one and leave the others. Don't bring yourself. And took his money and left. You see, the show he, the woman was not showing him properly. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So it is an error in the heavens for you to be showed in a different way. It's an error. That is why the devil cannot accuse you anymore. No matter what you do or do not do, the devil cannot say, oh, this person is guilty. Well, if he says that, the number of angels that will beat him, you'll be surprised. He can't say that. Hallelujah. So to be justified means to show. To exhibit. One as righteous. As 
he is, as the person is, are you saying it? Uh-huh. And wishes himself to be considered. The person wishes himself to be considered like that. Do you wish yourself to be considered as a justified person? I am not guilty. Before God, before the devil, before anybody, I'm not guilty. I'm the justified of God. I'm the justified of Christ. Justification is mine. I've been declared not guilty. Okay? That is why you stand before God without any sense of guilt or any sense of inferiority or any sense of condemnation. Why? Because you are justified. You are justified. I'm justified. See, I'm justified. How the justification can justification came through Jesus Christ's sacrifice. Romans chapter 5, verse 18. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 18. Romans 5, 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, who was that one? Adam. By the offense of Adam, judgment came. The offense of Adam brought something called judgment. It came upon all men to condemnation. Everyone is condemned. Why? Because of one man's offense. Because creation and birth are different, two different things. All of humanity was created at once. Angels are different creations. Michael is a completely different creation from Gabriel. And then completely different from Raphael. Completely different from any other angel that we don't know, whose name we don't know. Don't, don't conjure names, please. Someone said, I met Mama L. Because, you see, all the angels have L at the end of their name, so... If you, Mama L, I met Mama L. Papa L. Hey. What a shock. Please don't conjure names. We know, we know. Even Raphael, Raphael is not in the Bible. It's just Gabriel and Micah that we know. And then Lucifer. <laughs> Raphael is from another book. And then we pick the tap. Uh-huh. But we know too. When you go to heaven, you can go, you can do introduction. You can just introduce yourself to all of them and get to know their names. But as long as we are here, we know too. Please. Hallelujah. No Papa L, no Mama L, no Uncle L, or Auntie L, Manny L. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men. Like I said, creation is different from birth. We're all created at once, but we're all given birth to at different times. If you are 30, you were born 30 years ago, but you were created before 30 years ago. You get it? Uh The first of us to be made or to be brought to life was Adam. And all of us were in that creation. He was a federal head of the creation. Therefore, whatever he did affected everybody. Jesus also became the last Adam and hence a federal head of the new creation. Are you getting it? Uh-huh. So he says, by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, who is that one? Jesus Christ. By the righteousness of one, just one person, not your righteousness, but by his righteousness, the free gift came upon all men. What's the free gift? The free gift of eternal life, the free gift of righteousness, the free gift of the Holy Spirit. These are the three cardinal gifts in the New Testament that are given to us by virtue of our new birth. Upon all men, unto justification of life. The word life is zoe, eternal life. It says we are justified of life. We are declared not guilty because of the Zoe life that God has brought to us. So how did they come? He came as a result of Jesus' work, not as a result of anybody. That is why in Romans chapter 4, verse 25, it says that Jesus was given on account of our offenses and was raised on account of our justification. It is his work. It has nothing to do with anybody. So there's nothing you can do to increase in your justification. You cannot increase in justification. It is a work that Jesus did. All you need to do is to receive it by faith. 
So justification, how, is that, how does a man become justified? A man becomes justified by just agreeing what God has done in Christ. By just accepting what God has done in Christ. Through Jesus Christ. I don't know if you understand. Uh-huh. So let's look at how justification comes. Justification is by faith of Jesus Christ. Okay? Justification is by what? Justification is by faith of or in Jesus Christ. Okay? It's the same thing. One is Old Testament English. Justification is by faith of Jesus Christ or by faith in Jesus Christ. It's not of works. So justification is by faith of Jesus Christ, not of the works of the law. Hmm? Not of works. Not of the works of the law or works itself. Any form of work. There are different types of types of works. There's the works of the law and there are works. <laughs> Do you understand the works of the law? Works of the Lord are doing trying to keep the law so that you be justified. But in Romans chapter 3, verse 20, the Bible says that for by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Romans 3 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, by the doings of the law, by trying to keep the law. By trying to keep the Ten Commandments. Do you know Ten Commandments? Uh-huh. That's what I'm When we say the law, it's encapsulated in the Ten Commandments. Even though there were more. There were 400 other laws. Some were oral, some were customary, some were plenty. Plenty laws. Okay? Uh-huh. Thou shall, if you try to keep thou shalt not steal. That will not make you not guilty before God. Hallelujah. Someone said, then I will steal, Papa. No, you don't understand the message. Let me, let me help you. He says, by the deeds of the Lord shall no flesh be justified in the sight. Nobody shall be declared not guilty because you cannot keep the law. If you keep, thou shalt not steal. Okay? And you are not stealing. You realize that you will covet someone's wife. That is why Jesus said that if you look, if you've ever looked at a woman lastfully, you have already committed adultery. Hey, ask your neighbor, have you ever, have you ever, your guilt is too much. So you are trying to keep one, but then another one, you'll be found guilty through another one. The laws are so many that you can't keep everything. It's not possible. It's humanly impossible to keep the law. Hallelujah. So Christ came, fulfilled the law, and abolished the law. Only one person was able to keep the law, Jesus Christ. And he, after he fulfilled it, he abolished it and created a new creation. Why don't you like it? Just accept what he has done. Yeah. So therefore, by the deeds of the law, shall no flesh be justified inside. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But when you hear the law, you receive the knowledge of sin. Yes. You just know that, ah, this one there, I'm guilty. But Jesus Christ declares us not guilty by virtue of his death, burial, and resurrection. Isn't that a powerful thing? So let me show you more. Justification is by faith of Jesus Christ, not of the works of the law or even works. Okay? Now, let's look at Romans chapter 3, verse 26. Go down to verse 26 to verse 28. There are plenty of scriptures I can show you to prove that particular fact. Because some people preach justification by works. I'll talk about that one too. Okay? Some people say that your justification is by your works. It's scripture, it's been in the Bible. But what type of works was he talking about? 
I want to clarify it for you by showing you the original thing. This is the root of justification. The other one speaks of the fruit of justification. Okay? This is the source of justification. Justification is by faith of Jesus Christ. It's by faith of Jesus Christ, not of works. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, this is, this is about God, this is Paul talking about God. He says, God did all the things he did in Christ so that he can declare at this time his righteousness. That he might be just, God might be just or righteous. And the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus Christ. If you believe in Jesus Christ, God is your justifier. God is the one who justifies you or declares you not guilty. God wants to be not guilty and be the one who declares you not guilty. How? By believing in Jesus Christ. Next verse. Why is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Next verse. Therefore, we conclude that the man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. I see it. A man is what? Justified or declared or showed to be not guilty by faith. What is faith? Faith is believing. I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. That's all. By believing in Jesus as Lord and personal Savior, you are declared not guilty. And you are showed not guilty because that's your true nature. Is that not a nice thing to be smiling about? Hallelujah. Let me show you some more scriptures so that nobody can deceive you. Okay? Galatians chapter 2 verse 15 and 16. Justification is by faith. Not by the deeds of the law. I've showed you two scriptures already. This is Paul talking again concerning his experience with Peter and the Jews. You know, Peter, Peter, Paul and Barnabas and the others were eating with the Gentiles. They were eating fufu and abenquine. When they saw Jews coming from the church, the headquarters in Jerusalem, because the Jews held that even though you are born again, you must still keep the law. You get it? That was their belief. That was their faith. In fact, there was a big discussion about it in Acts chapter 15. Because some people were saying that until you keep the law and are even circumcised, you are actually not born again. Even if you believed in Jesus Christ, it is not enough. You need to be circumcised and you need to keep the law. That's what they were preaching. And Paul told them that it is not true because scripturally speaking, it's not correct. If you believe in Jesus Christ, it's enough. It's your faith. It is so simple that everybody wants to complicate it. Are you saying it? God is so simple. Pleasing God is so simple, it is unbelievable. Because religion makes it so difficult. Religion, eh? Religion shows you how to please God by various means and ways. People have lashed themselves. People have walked on coals of fire. Like difficulty. People have been drowned. People, I mean all kinds of foolish things. Religion. Religion is man's efforts to find God. Man's deeds. That is why Jesus cursed the fig tree when he came. Why did Jesus cursed the, he cursed the fig tree? Because when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, the first work he did was to make himself clothes and make his wife clothes. With what? With fig, fig leaves. They had the glory of God on them. When they sinned, the glory left. The glory was their clothes. And they realized that they were, they were naked. And the first thing they did was that, let us make ourselves clothes. With what? With fig leaves. So they made themselves fig leaves. When God came, he said, no, the fig leaves is not good enough. So he slaughtered an animal and used the clothes of the animal to cover them. Proving that without the shedding of blood, is there no remission of sin. Sin cannot be cleaned by fig leaves. You cannot clean your sin. It is too thick. <laughs> you cannot clean your sins 
with fig leaves or any other thing. There's nothing any man can do that can make him pleasing to God. Nothing. You can't. So God showed them that this is the way to please me. With blood. What I, whose blood? With my own blood. It is my only blood that can bring you. So when Jesus came, he cursed the fig leaf. He cursed the works of man. He cursed religion. That was religion. Trying to please God. He cursed it. Because when you read the Bible, the Bible says that it was not yet the time for the tree to bear fruit. So why was Jesus cursing it? Jesus got angry because it was a fig tree. And it represents the works of man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And Jesus carried the curse of man as well. You know the Bible says that God cursed the ground for their sake. God didn't curse Adam or Eve. He never did. God cursed the ground. That is why it is so difficult for man to exist here on earth. Demons are fighting you. Everything is fighting you. Because the ground is cursed. And when the ground was cursed, the first evidence of the curse was thorns and thistles. When God cursed it, thorns and thistles appeared. Initially, when you leave the land bare, when God created the earth, when you leave the, leave the land bare, what comes out of it are good products. You can have pepper coming, yam coming, cassava coming. The earth yields correct fruit without you having to plant anything. Yes. So man was not toiling. Man was not sweating. He was just tilling the earth. He was just gardening. He was just uh, tilling it for it to grow better. That was all. He didn't have to plant anything. The earth was created to yield its own fruit. But when the curse came, when the earth was cursed, that ability left. And the earth began to yield thorns and thistles on its own. So when you leave a land bare, what will come out? Wheat, thorns, and thistles. You just see in Kasei coming. It will become wild, isn't it? All kinds of things will come. But it wasn't like that before. And when Christ came, they made a, thorn, a crown of thorns and placed it on his head. Symbolizing the fact that he has carried the curse for you and I. So when you are in Christ, there's no need to be cursed anymore. The ground is not cursed for your sake. A little effort will bring so much. The earth will yield its fruits to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So no matter what you're doing, know that the curse is not working in your life anymore because you are born again. Christ carried the curse for your sake. Therefore, when I plant, I receive. Even things I have not planted, I receive. So, the Jews, they believe. Like, you have to do something in order to please God. Religion, do something. Do something. He says, who, who, we who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. Next verse. Knowing that the man is not justified. We know that the man is not justified by the works of the law. But by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. Not by our faith, but by the faith of Christ. And not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. It is by the faith of Jesus. By believing in Jesus. I hope you understand. Let me show you more scriptures. More scriptures to prove this particular thing. Because it is so important. Because of what justification, there are fruits of justification. Okay? Because of our benefits of justification. Because of the benefits of justification, you need to really become aware of what it is. So that when, when the benefits, you, must, you can enjoy the benefits properly. And not be full of fear. A lot of Christians are full of fear because they feel that maybe this thing that I did, Charlie, maybe that's the reason why God is punishing me. And God is punishing me. A lot of Christians have the God is punishing me mindset. Because of something I did, one thing I did or the other. Maybe I did an abortion. That is why I am not getting a child. Mm, Lord. Or maybe because I was a scammer before. 
Or I even scammed last week. Last week, I scammed somebody. That is why my life is becoming some way. Normally, when things are happening, you always attribute it to something in the past. Like, maybe it's because I did this. It's not in God's books. God does not. Haven't you read the Bible? It says, into the sea of forgetfulness, as he plays our sins. When you, unless you have not confessed. If you have confessed, Jesus places it in a sea. Have you ever put a pin in a sea before? Can you find it? If you drop your phone in the sea, go and find it. It's an iPhone. It's water resistant. I can find it. Go and find Good luck. Tell me about good luck. Good luck. God is not like man. God is very different. And you must accept what God has done. If you accept what God has done, you will walk in peace. You will walk in freedom. A lot of people's lives are like this because they are holding things against themselves that God does not hold against them. May the Lord have mercy on us. Galatians chapter 3 verse 11. More scriptures. More, tell me about more scriptures. More scriptures. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident. For the just shall live by faith. My righteous one shall live by faith. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is, it is clear. It's a clear thing. There's nothing you can do. That will make you guilty in God. before that. Like right now you are guilty. Michael, what this guy did, I cannot forgive him. Mind you, justification is not forgiveness. Justification is not forgiveness. Forgiveness is like going to court. You've done something wrong, you've gone to court. And then the, the judge looks at you. I don't know if you've seen that old judge on, on Facebook who has been giving people freedom for their traffic offenses. You can come with your child and your child, you will sit with your child in, the, in his judgment seat and give a nice judgment for you. Have you seen that judge? He's just forgiving the people. He's not holding anything against them. It's by forgiveness. But the law, according to the law, you are guilty. But he forgives you. So forgiveness is, you are guilty, but then the judge decides that, oh, I like you. It's based on like, your face is nice, so okay, you can go. That's forgiveness. But God does not do that. Remember, he's, he says, and shall by no means clear the guilty. God does not clear the guilty. If you are guilty, you are guilty. God is chinchining. Do you know someone who is chinchining? He's chinchining. How do you say chinchining in English? Chinchining. He's chinchining fight. How do you, how do you say that? He's what? Chinchining fight. He's, he's straight. Uh-huh. He's a strict person. No, God does not have smiles for guilty people. When you come to court and you are guilty, no smiles. Even the smiles are killer smile. <laughs> killer smile. <laughs> I'll kill you type of... He doesn't... Shall by no means clear the guilty. So our justification is by virtue of going through the system. Jesus was judged. And then we were declared not guilty. Uh-huh. So it is not by his like or dislike. It is strictly according to the books. Please, you understand? Uh-huh. So there's nothing that you can do that can revert it. Okay, Galatians chapter 5, verse 3 to verse 4. Plenty, plenty scriptures. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised. <laughs> that is a debtor to the whole law. Ask anybody circumcised. <laughs> for I, this is what the scripture says. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised. That is a debtor to do the whole law. We, you see, oh, we, okay, are circumcised for the reasons of health, not the reasons of the law. <laughs> because after when you read the Bible, you realize that, hey, Charlie, it's like, I shouldn't have been circumcised, though. 
I have to keep that. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor. You are a debtor to do the whole law. Hey, mercy Lord. Then he says, Christ has become of no effect unto you. It's all because you are circumcised. It's become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are falling from grace. Wow. So you, you cannot, if you are justified by the law, you are completely falling from grace. And nobody can help you. Yes. But thank God for Jesus Christ. Go to Romans chapter, let's read chapter 5 verse 1. Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, being justified by what? By faith. We are declared not guilty by faith. It says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk about this very soon. So justification is by what? By faith. Not by the works of the law. Faith in who? Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in what he did. If you have believed in Jesus, you are justified. Say, I'm justified. justified. Go, to, go to 1 Corinthians 6, 11. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 11. You see something beautiful there. And such were some of you. Let's read from verse 9 so that it makes more sense. Okay? From verse 9. Know you not that the righteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators. It says, don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. If we see if someone is effeminate, it means that he is a gay, lesbian, whatever. Okay? Effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Next verse. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortionists shall inherit the kingdom of God. None of these shall inherit the kingdom of God. Next verse. Then it says, and such were some of you. As I was giving the lecture, I was like, hey, Charlie, I'm inside somewhere. <laughs> I'm inside somewhere. It says, and such were some of you. It's past. Where is what? Past tense. And such were some of you. But ye are washed. Hallelujah. Say, I'm washed. I'm washed. Yeah? That is why you need to read the Bible. When you read the Bible, you become, joy comes. I'm washed. Ye are sanctified. But ye are justified. How? In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. We are justified. We are the show of God's justice and God's righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm justified. justified. Say it again. I'm justified. justified. By faith. faith. Not of works. Okay, so now let's examine James James and justification by works. Because when you read James chapter 2 verse 20, 20 to 25... So, James. Do you know James? James and justification. By works. Because James preached justification by works. From verse 20, please. So, how does it... Is James fighting with, with Paul? This is a big theological bone of contention. It's a major problem because some people preach that justification is by works in other words if you are not doing some things you are not justified you are guilty before God and there are preachers who preach that they preach it for a very long time if you are not doing some things if your works do not show then you are not justified but if your works show then you are justified but Paul also preached that justification is by faith by believing like I've read to you, it's by believing in Jesus Christ. That's all. That's why I've declared not guilty. Not by our works. But look at James. He says, but will thou know, O vain man, 
that faith without works is dead. Next verse. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? I see the argument. Next verse. Seest thou how faith worked with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? Next verse. And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. He didn't completely take faith out. But he said, not by faith only. In other words, your works must also show. I see it. But those who are proponents of this particular doctrine have taken that side out and not by faith only. They've taken that one out and have just, you see then how that by works a man is justified. That's all. But even James was not talking about that. James was talking about how that your works must also show what has happened to you spiritually. Okay? So I want to help you with that. Go to verse 25. Likewise also was not Rahab the Lord justified by works. Wasn't she justified by works? When she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way, she was justified by her works. So some people are propounders of justification by works. But it is not so. Paul and James agree. One was talking about the root of justification. The other was talking about the fruits of justification. So he mentioned two people, isn't it? Abraham and then who? Rahab. So let's examine Abraham's life and see. So the first person we are going to examine is Abraham, Father Abraham. Hallelujah. Every time he talks about salvation, he says, let us praise God. It's very important. You must praise God. Hallelujah. For what he has done. So, Abraham, like he mentioned, was actually justified by faith first. Okay? Before works. This story that James quotes, go to 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? So he mentioned the case of Abraham sacrificing Isaac. But that was in Genesis chapter 22 from verse 1. Genesis chapter 22 from verse 1. Before Genesis chapter 22 from verse 1, Genesis chapter 15 had happened already. So let's examine Genesis chapter 15. Where Abraham, go down, go to the next verse. Verse 22, go to verse 23, please. 23. This scripture here. And the scripture was fulfilled, which was which said, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. This scripture is in chapter 15. And the experience he was mentioning was in chapter 22. Okay? So let's examine. Go to Genesis chapter, two, chapter 15 from verse 1. When you are justified by faith, it is, it is in the spirit. Only God sees it. Justification by faith is before God. Were you there when Jesus was raised from the dead? It's before God. Are you getting it? Your justification by faith is before God. But for men to see the fruit of your justification, it takes a while. And it will show up. That is why someone becomes born again. He's a child of God. But he may be doing foolish things. Have you seen some before? He may be doing foolish things. You can't say that, hey, this person is good. He's going to hell. No. You can't say that. Why? Because he's justified before God. He's not guilty before God. Jesus said, I'm the vine, ye are the branches. If you are the branch, it means that you are the fruit-bearing part of the vine, isn't it? Now, do you know how long the vine takes to bear fruits? 
it takes a minimum of three years. <laughs> a minimum of three years for a vine to bear fruit. So if we are going to say by their fruit we know them, then we should wait for three years. And then we can judge them. But you can't judge them when they become born again. Just leave them as they go. Their justification which has happened by faith will start showing up physically. Because between Genesis chapter 15 and Genesis chapter 22 was Abraham's lie. Abraham lied twice in Gerar and in Egypt. And Abraham walked in unbelief by sleeping with Hagar. The same guy who had been promised by God that I'll give you a son. The wife said, this is Hagar, my, my, my handmaiden. Feel free, be happy. And Abraham did not say, oh no, God says we will get it by faith. He also jumped into it. And had a child who became a problem. Before Genesis chapter 22, when he offered Isaac as a sacrifice, he had gone from be, being a liar to be going through unbelief. All kinds of things had happened to him. But he was still justified before God. He was called Abraham's God's friend. Abraham, God's friend. Look at this. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in, a, in Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham. Even at this time, his name had not been changed. I am thy, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, on, said Lord, God, Lord God, what would thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, to me, thou hast given no seed. And lo, I am one born, lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Next verse. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. So God is talking to him. This shall not be thine heir. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. Next verse. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars. It was in the night. So God brought him and said, Look, look towards the stars. If thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Look at the next verse. And he believed. He believed in what? He believed in the word of God. He believed in what God said. And he believed in the Lord. And he counted it to him for righteousness. So Abraham was declared not guilty before God. Counted for righteousness means to justify. He declared him not guilty and a friend of God. A part of him. Because he believed. So all you need to do is to believe. Not works. Are you here? So go to Romans chapter 4 verse 1. Romans 4 verse 1. This same story is spoken of by Paul in Romans chapter 4 verse 1 to verse 3. What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh has found? What did Abraham find? Next verse. For if Abraham were justified by works, he has world to glory. But not before God. If he was declared not guilty by his works, then he has something to be happy about or to glory in. But certainly not before God. You can't glory before God. Because when you can, you can glory somewhere else, but not before God. Next verse. For what's here the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Abraham did what? He believed God. And is that what we read there? He believed in the Lord. He believed God. That was all he did. He believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. But the other guy says, Abraham's works is what made him have the righteousness. It's not true. I see it. Uh-huh. It's, it has to do with the show of the works with time. That is why I said between Genesis chapter 15 and Genesis chapter 22 was a long time. Justification by faith is before God. Justification by works is before men. So with time, your fruits must show. By their fruits, 
they shall be known. We shall know them. So you can't say I'm justified today. After three years, what you were doing three years earlier is still what you are doing. You were a scammer. You are still a scammer after four years. You were a fornicator. You are still a fornicator after four years. There's something wrong with your salvation. You need to be born again again. You need to talk to God. Because your fruits are not showing. You can read in Genesis chapter 16. Abraham immediately, Sarah brought Hagar. And he did the thing. He just moved on. Chapter 17. If you read, you see it. Plenty. He lied in chapter 17, I think. Then you go on. So in chapter 22, and it came to pass, from verse 1, it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him. His name was even changed from Abraham to Abraham. Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Next verse. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Next verse. And Abraham rose up early. Abraham did not question God. Why? Because he had been justified before God already and he had had faith in god already do you understand so this was not his his work was now going to show after years of god working in him in Genesis chapter 18 abraham had enough wisdom hmm, to make intercession for lot prior to that he didn't have that in his mind but because he had been justified by faith he could have works so justification by works comes out of justification by faith Without that, you cannot have works to show. And James was talking about the fact that you must have works to show that you are justified of God by faith. Please, you understand? Is it too difficult to understand? All right. So that's about Abraham. Abraham was justified by faith and not by works. Then the next person he mentioned was Rahab in James, James chapter 2. What we're reading. Verse 25, James 2, 25. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? Was she not justified by works? That's what James is saying. But she was not justified by works first. She was justified by faith first. Then her works followed. In other words, your works must show. James is focusing on the works side, whilst Paul is focusing on the faith side. Right now, a lot of people focus on the faith side and never talk about the work side. But there's a work to the justification that you, you, have been, you have had through faith. If you are really justified, if you are not guilty before God, then you should produce the fruitfulness of not being guilty. If you are doing the things that makes you guilty, then what are you? Then it means you don't understand what has happened. Or? Yeah. If after some years, you are the master fornicator, when we check the fornicators, you are on top. When we check the abusers of mankind, you are on top. You are gay and you are proud. What are you talking about? You are into scamming. Number one scammer. When we check the whole of Ashanti region, you are number one. And you are a child of God. Every Sunday you walk into church. You are not. You are something else. Your works are not showing. Your fruits are saying something else. We must check your fruits and know who you are. By their fruits you shall know them. Remember, in the house of God, they are wheat and they are tears. Maybe you were tear and you don't know it. You did, Bab. Uh-huh. So your works must show. And it comes out of the faith that you have in Christ. Hallelujah. So let's examine Rahab. Go to Joshua chapter 2 from verse 1. Joshua chapter 2 from verse 1 to verse 12. Are you being blessed? Are you learning anything at all? 
And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an hallowed house named Rahab and lodged there. They went, so they were sent and they went to Jericho and they went to Rahab's house. She was a harlot. Hmm? You know who a harlot is? She was a prostitute. It means that God also likes prostitutes. They should come to church. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in here that tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. They are spies here. Next sense. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth, bring, bring forth that the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they become to search out all the country. They have come to search out all the country. Next verse. And the woman took the two men and hid them. And said, and said that there came men unto me, but I don't know where they have gone to. Next verse. And it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gates, when it was that, that the men went out. Whether the men went, I don't know. Pursue after them quickly, for you shall overtake them. She said, she said oh, I don't know, they've gone out. Next verse. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order for the, upon the roof. She took them to the top of her house. Okay? Now, why did she do this? She's just a harlot. People have come in. It means that those guys were bad guys. Or you don't understand when they came to Jericho, it was the house of the harlot they went to. They didn't go to the house of another person. What are you doing in the house of a harlot? She was a bad person. What did she hear? What, why did she do this? I mean, nobody, just, nobody does things for nothing. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 will help you to know. They will come back to this. And this place will also help you. Okay? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. Hebrews eleven thirty-one. By faith. Say by faith. So Hebrews chapter 11 makes us know that actually she did it by faith. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. By faith. She did it by faith. What does faith mean? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Faith only comes after you have heard and after you have heard the word of God. She heard something and had faith and that faith justified her before God before she did her works of hiding the people. And Rahab says something interesting. You see, Rahab said, we have heard. We have heard. Go back to Joshua chapter 2. Am I helping you? Joshua chapter 2, verse 6. We left off reading from verse 6. But she had brought them to the top of her roof. Next verse, verse 7. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan, unto the fort. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that your terror is falling upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. How did she know this? Next verse. For we have heard. We have heard. How the Lord dried up the water of the wretched. This was 40 years earlier. She heard 40 years earlier. He says, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. When you came out of, the, out of Egypt. And, that, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites. That were on the other side Jordan. Sihon and Og. Whom he utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God 
he is God in heaven. I mean, can you imagine? He is God in heaven and above and in earth beneath. She believed. And her belief is what made her righteous before God. Not her act, her belief. Hey. Then she did an action, a work, a natural work. Her faith produced the work. So your faith is what produces work, not works. Producing. It's not the other way around. Faith comes, the root must be there. Then you can produce the fruits. Please, does it make sense to you? So that's about Rahab. Okay? So faith, justification by faith precedes justification by works. Your works must show, but it starts with your faith in Christ. Then your works can show. In Jesus' name. Now let's look at the benefits of the benefits. Say the benefits. The benefits of justification. The benefits of justification. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Say, I'm justified. Say it again, I'm justified. Yeah, I'm not guilty. Ah! If you know if you know you were owing so much, billions of dollars, and someone has paid it for you, what will you do? What will you do? Do you understand debt cancellation? When your debt is cancelled. Aye. Aye. You will do the asa. Shake body. Hey. Have you seen them doing the asa before? <laughs> What will you do? What will you do if your debt was cancelled? What will you do? If you owed so much and you had, you got a call that oh, has been paid. I'll fly. By first flying, I'll go on that seventh floor and fly. Just fly. <laughs> okay, so therefore, being justified by faith, you see, you see justification is by faith. Being justified by faith. What is the result of being justified by faith? The first thing is, the first benefit of justification is that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So justification by faith is what brings you into reconciliation. Do you see? Peace. Shalom, shalom. That is why when you think, I always say, when you think about God, don't think about someone who has a machine gun waiting for you to do something wrong to shoot you. Or an old white man with a long beard whether white, blue, black, something. An old man with a long white beard holding Thor's hammer. You know Thor. If you don't know Thor, it's a requirement. Go and look for Thor. Thor's hammer. Big hammer like that. Waiting to strike your head for doing something. That's not, that's not God's position with respect to you. Because you are justified, God now, there's peace between you and God. And nothing should destabilize that peace. In other words, God is now your helper. God is now your helper. Like everything can be against you, but you know that God is God is my helper. And if God is your helper, look at Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse five. Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse five. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Let your conversation, let your light, let's read amplified, so that we don't go about be that bit about the bush. Let's read amplified. It's nice. Let your character. Or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lusts, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. Be satisfied with what you have. For he, God Himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. 
I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. What are you afraid of? What are you? He says, He has said the so that we may boldly say. Look at the next verse. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. God is at peace with you and now is your helper. God is helping me. me. Even in my seeming failure, God is helping me. That is God's position. God is not like a man. When we say the love of God, you should understand what we are talking about. When we say the love of God, eh, you have no idea what we are talking about. God is not like a man. God is not like a man. If your husband cheats on you, hey, my husband has cheated on me. This one, this one. God is not like that. If your wife cheats on you, hey, my wife did this to me. God is not like that. When he hears you have cheated, oh, come. I love you. You are my favorite. That is God. God is not man. He's not man. You may not be able to love like that, but that's how he loves. God cannot be against you in any way, in any form. It doesn't cross his mind. It will never cross his mind. <laughs> he says he cares about you watchfully. Oh, sword. Oh, do you, do you understand? Do you understand what I'm saying? You are shocked. God, God is not interested. Sword, nothing. Next verse. As it's written, for thy sake we are, we are killed all the day long. We are, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. Eh? Paul says, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's how much God loves. Nothing. Height, death, principalities, powers, angels, whatever. Nothing, nothing, no situation, no occurrence. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. God is for you. Why? Because justification has happened. God is for you. I will never leave you. Never. That, that word never is, is a double negative word. Ume, ume, eyon. Not today, not tomorrow, not in the age to come, not in any generation. Nothing shall separate us. I am for you. I am yours. Metal set chewing gum. Chewing gum, so it's me away. You can remove chewing gum. Metal set a then super glue. Metal set super 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 glue. No movement. I'm with you, and I'm fighting your cause. Why? Because you are my justified one. Who is he that condemned? Who can condemn you? I'm I died. Eh? Go back. Go up. Romans chapter eight. Go go to that place. Romans chapter eight. Let's read verse thirty one. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him out for us, how shall he not also freely give us all things? Verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who are you? Who be you? Principalities, power. Nobody can lay anything to your charge. No situation can make God get angry with you and say that, ah, now is he this thing there, I'm not talking to AC anymore. No, God is talking to you every time. 
I will never leave my hold on you. Why? Because I justified you. I brought you in. I declared you not guilty. You are on the not guilty list. And we are working together as not guilty ones. Because God is not guilty as well. Ah, you are in the company of the not guilties. Nothing can separate you. Go back to Hebrews chapter, chapter 13. Verse 6 now. Verse 6. Let's read the King James. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. You see, he says, Oh! oh. Go, go up. Go to verse 5. Let me read from verse 5 to verse 6 so that you understand. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things that you, as you have. For he, God, has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Why did he say this? So that we may boldly say, so that we may boldly confess. No matter what's happening, you always say, God is with me. When you go through the fire, he will not leave you. When you go through the waters, he will not leave you. When you go through the air, he will not leave you. No matter what happens, if your world is turned upside down, it's like nothing is working. God is always remember. And there's nothing, there's the blessings of the Old Testament. The, whole, the blessings of the Old Testament is this. God with you. That, that was the blessing of the Old Testament. And it is given to us free of charge. God with you. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1 and verse 2. Look at Genesis chapter 39, verse 1 and 2. It's my favorite scripture in the Bible. On prosperity. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. Joseph came to Egypt with boxer shorts. Only boxer shorts. He didn't have anything. Nothing. He had zero. Zero. Say zero. zero. Even negative. He had zero. Zero, zero, zero. He came to Egypt in a boxer shorts. Sold. Hmm? And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him. He was bought. Have you been sold yet? No, you are better. You've not been sold. Ask your neighbor, have you been sold? How much did they pay for you? How much did they pay for you? You've not been sold yet. Joseph, Jacob, what was the guy? What's the guy's name? Joseph, right? Joseph was sold and he was bought. Eh? Bought him on the house of the like which had brought him down there. Next verse, verse 2. Kila Skula Flash Kelebe. Loda Kaskisama Pali. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. Why? Because the Lord was with him. That's all you need. It comes through justification. Because he has been just you have he has justified you. Now he is with you. You have peace with God. God is your friend now. Nothing and no one can take you away. Ah. Say prosperity is mine. Say I have not been sold yet. Even if I were sold. Prosperity is still mine. The guy came with boxer shorts. And the Bible says he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. He was in his master's house. You are not yet a, you don't have a master, natural master. Physical person you are serving. You don't have. Because you have been bought. What can't God do? Creator of the universe. What can't you do? What can't you do? Jesus, you are able, great and mighty God. You are able, Jesus. There is nothing, nothing you cannot do. There's nothing you cannot change. 
There's nothing you cannot turn around. You are able, great and mighty God. I put my, ah, my trust in him. What can't be done? It came, have you ever read this place in the Bible? It came to pass. Ah, it will come to pass. You remember and laugh. You're like, ah, I remember those days. I remember those days when my chalote had holes inside. Your, your chalote had holes. You didn't even have a shoe. Your chalote that you had had holes. No matter how difficult it has become, I'm telling you that it's not over until you have won. It is not over until you have won. Why? Because you are the justified one. You are with him and he's with you. I have said so that you may boldly say, The Lord, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. It's, it's always men who cause problems, it's always human beings. Human beings are the causes of all the problems. The devil uses people to do all kinds of things. But I have God, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Joseph's brothers, his own brothers had sold him. What can be more painful than that? Do you know the emotional torture? The psychological torture to bring to you? Your own brothers that you came from the same father from came together and sold you. The distance, you should check the distance from Israel to Egypt. He walked all the way. Yeah. And night before, it was not like that. Just one night later. Was, everything was gone. Sometimes you wake up and some things have changed. Some things in your body has changed. Some sickness, some disease, something has come. God is your helper. Say, God is my helper. I will not go down. Because God is my helper. So it brings you that confidence. God is my helper. I have peace with God. That's the first benefit. Do you like the benefits? Yeah. God is your helper. Then you have access. Look at, look at the next verse. Romans chapter 5 verse 2. By whom also we have access. Through justification. We have access by faith into the grace. Into this grace wherein we stand. You are brought into the grace of God. Because, of just, because you are not guilty. These are the, the fruits of justification. The benefits. Like after justification. This is what you are walked into. You, you are walked into peace with God. You are brought into grace. You have access to the grace. What does grace? It's all along the same line. Grace means helping God helping you. That's what grace. Grace means God helping you. God working. That's what grace means. Grace means God working. Grace means God favoring you. Grace means God bringing you into goodness. God bringing you into beauty. That's what grace means. So He's brought us into beauty. You may not be seeing it around you. It makes no difference. It's called faith. Abraham. What is the meaning of Abraham? Abraham means father. When God blessed him, he put his name into his name. God breathed his name into his name, into Abraham's name. He was, called, he was just called Abraham. You know God's name, right? What's God's name? Yahweh. Is what? Y-H-V-H. Jehovah. Yeah, that's true. God put his H into Abraham's name. Abraham, it was Abraham. God breathed into his name. And his name became Abraham. God breathed Ham into his name. When he breathed Ham into his name, his body constitution started changing. 
The Bible says that the guy's body was dead. Everything had dried up. Sperms don't dry. Everything dry. But when God breathes into his, into his body. And when God, God changed their name so that they can start confessing it. You see, and he changed Sarai's name to Sarah. She, he took the I away and put H there to Sarah. I'm sure people were laughing at them when they call each other. When Sarah says, Abraham, father of many nations. No, he's not. He's father of nothing. Father of nothing. And then Abraham will say, Sarah, mother of princes and nations. She's mother of she. She. But that's how faith works. That's how faith works. That is how faith works. When you are not seeing anything, when you are not seeing anything, that is when you should see. God is my helper. He's helping me. He's help. Say he's helping me. Yeah. He has said so that we may boldly say he's helping me. He's helping me. God is helping me. Everything is going to be fine. It's going to work. It's going to happen. It's going to push through. It's going to pull through. No matter how difficult it looks, it's going to pull through. It's going to push through. It's going to pull through. It's going to push through. It's going to pull through. When they ask you, how are you? I'm blessed and highly favored. Mighty in the Lord. Going stronger and stronger. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That's how I'm doing. Not, I don't know. Things have not been working for me. No. See, I refuse to say that. So, brothers and sisters, grace. We are brought into grace. And then we are brought into the hope of the glory of God. Look at it. It says, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We are brought into that rejoicing hope of our future because we know that our future is secured. What future is that? On that day when it returns, we are not appointed on the Go down. You'll see, you see it some more. Go down to verse 8 into verse 9. For God commanded his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Next verse, verse 9. Much more than Whenever, you see, I said I'll preach a message called much more, isn't it? Huh. Much, when you see much more, what he's trying to let you know is that God has gained more by the fall of man than he would have gained if man had not fallen. That's what he's saying to you. God has gained more, not because of man, but because of the sacrifice that was given for man. Because of the sacrifice of Christ, God has gained much more. So whenever you see much more, it's always with respect to Christ and what he did. Much more. Much more than being now justified by his blood. The payment was his blood. It says, we shall be saved. We shall. What does shall mean? Futures, isn't it? We shall be saved from wrath through him. There's a wrath coming. There are two kinds of wrath. There's a wrath of the lamb. And there's a wrath of God. If you like, type wrath of God in the Bible. You'll be surprised at how many times it's in the Bible. Plenty. There's a wrath of God coming. The wrath of God is the judgment onto the lake of fire. And the wrath of the Lamb is the great tribulation. The, the vials that are put upon the earth. The problems that the earth will have. Okay? Now, this verse says that he has delivered us. It says, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. All the wrath that I've mentioned, we are saved from it. By virtue of our justification. It's one of the benefits. That is why we can have confidence in a certain hope of glory. When you hear Jesus is coming home, you shouldn't be afraid. If you're afraid, there's something wrong with you. Who is afraid when he's going to get married? 
Who is afraid when his wife is coming, walking down the aisle? She's coming, say, hey, hey, hey. You are running away. Oh, boo. Oh, bussing. Oh, boo. Oh, bussing. Oh, bussing. What are you talking about? If your wife is walking down there, what will you do? You're just excited. You cry, tears of joy. I've seen some guys reading their, uh, whatever, what's it called? Their vows and they are crying. In serious, I was just wondering what was going on in their minds. But they were crying. I see you crying on your wedding day. <laughs> the love was too much. So they were crying. Hey! Let me show you. Let me show you some scriptures that show that first, first Thessalonians chapter one, verse nineteen, I think. First Thessalonians chapter one, verse nine and verse ten. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Verse ten. And to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered. Is that past tense or future tense or past continuous or present continuous? Is what? It's past. Who delivered? Which delivered us from the wrath to come? So the wrath that is coming, you have been delivered from it. That is why you have no business on the on, on the on the great day of God's pouring of His uh, uh, wrath. You are not there. You are you are taken out because of Christ justifying you. The justification that is in Christ. You are saved from wrath. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at chapter 5. Same book, chapter 5, verse 9. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. Read this one to me. One to go. Read it loudly. One to go. But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because of justification. It is for God has not appointed us to wrath. So don't be afraid. When you hear uh, rapture, Rejoice. In Revelation it says, lift up your eyes, church, for your redemption draws nigh. Your redemption, our redemption draws nigh whenever we hear about the Lord's coming. The redemption to wait that our bodies shall be changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm justified. I'm justified. And I'm glorified. I'm glorified. I enjoy peace with God. I, I have access into the grace of God. And my future is bright. Excellent. Because he has justified me. By faith. In Jesus Christ. Rise up on your feet and just stand up for what you shared with him. Thank him for what you shared with him. Father, we are grateful. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314. Or send an email to info at Christworldinc.com. God bless you.